Hello everybody, Paul Jankarella here from Profits and Success, here to bring you another podcast from Online Marketing for Life, and that's the number four. Hey folks, I wanted to come at you today um, with a question. What starts it all? And that's pretty broad, I know. But what starts it all? And from my standpoint, what starts it all is a thought that turns into a dream, imagination, a fantasy, a task, a uh, chore. You know, it all is based from a thought. And thinking is easy because you don't have to think. You know, it really is the truth. You don't say, oh, I tried to think I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything is, is a reason, but you're still thinking. So we're always thinking. So thinking's easy. So just put the process uh, together in a, in a positive, uh, passionate, productive manner, and you'll really be onto something. And I really hope you you buy into that. I challenge the worst in myself and compete with the best within me. And it certainly is the case. You know, we always have to challenge the worst in ourselves, And we basically have nothing other than to compete with the best in us. If you can beat yourself both in overcoming negativity and despair and overcoming uh, objections, which then will create progress, which will lead to success, you know, you're working right within yourself right there. You don't have to worry about the uh, outstanding variables, if you will. You know, I kind of equate it uh, to some of you that play the game. I used to play the game. I no longer do. Uh, golf. Golf is a very uh, difficult game for me because it's very mental. Um, you know, majority of it is, is mental. You know, once you get the mechanics down and you practice it day in, day out, if you can possibly do that, and you have the mechanics down, you can still be a lousy golfer uh, because you can let the headspace knock you out. But my point that I'm trying to make is, is if you take out all of the exterior, just like ourselves, we're dealing with ourselves, the worst of ourselves and the best of ourselves. If we take out all the exterior, uh, we can become very, very successful. And with golf, if we're 300 yards away from the hole, 
we can't swing like we want to drive the ball 300 yards because generally it'll go to the left or the right, uh, and in some cases way left, way right. But if we work within a little six-foot circle around us, we have aiming spots of a, a grass piece, maybe three feet in front of our ball, and we swing the right, correct swing path in the correct tempo and the correct movement, the ball will travel where we want it to go. Uh, the reason I no longer play is because I can't do that. <laughs> Primarily is I don't have the time or the desire to practice. If I have time for golf, I don't want to go to the range and practice my game, which I should. I'd like to go play a round of golf. And yes, you can get good at playing a round of golf uh, once, twice a week or whatever. But, you know, if you really want to get good, you need to really um, hone your skills. And that's what you need to do in life. You know, you can't just be nice to your spouse uh, one day of the week and expect bliss the rest of the week. You know, you have to do things day in and day out. You know, if you want to have a, um, a great smile and, and, you know, good looking teeth, you need to brush them. And I say that because, you know, I had COVID and, and I didn't brush my teeth for a couple of days because I was just confined to a room Man, there was probably growth of about six or seven inches on my teeth. It was nuts. So, you know, you have to do things uh, every day. You can't just let it happen, so to speak. Darren Hardy uh, had asked me anything uh, question today. And, you know, how do smart leaders motivate others? You know, and Darren basically said people don't work for you, even though they work for you. They only work for themselves. You have to earn their loyalty. Or they're traveling. They're taking off. There's a competitive market out there, no matter what the economy says. You know, if you're not treated right, people are going to go. So just, you know, just remember that. Uh, human beings are 100% selfish, as in self-interested in themselves and self-motivated. You know, even humans that are sacrificial to the benefit of others, helping people, missionaries, um, folks that look to make sure everything is copacetic, they too are selfish. Selfish in different ways, sure. But they're selfish nonetheless. You know, there's a self-motivating drive in all of us. You know, most people aren't working because of the money. And I know you scoff and chuckle at that, and as do I. But let's get down to it, you know. You get a 
a job where the boss is a real jerk, but you get a $20,000 raise, you know, you stick around. But you're still not any really happier after a couple weeks. You know, it's, it's the nature of the beast. When I lifeguarded, I could not stand it because I had to stay still for the most part in a chair. Occasionally, you'd have to run out and blow a whistle. But the first few weeks of summer were fine because I was working on my tan. So I, you know, but once I was tan, man, it was, it was tough. Especially come three o'clock in the afternoon. I had two more hours to go. It, it dragged on like six, seven hours, it seemed. But it was, it was something that I compare uh, to what Darren is basically talking about. You know, we don't necessarily work for the money. We work for what the money buys us. And that means convenience. You know, uh, you choose not to take a, a, maybe a better job because it's an hour longer commute or something, you know. Uh, there's a lot of things that play into a job besides money, you know, and you have to understand that. You know, we can find joy more easily if we have a sense of humor. And I'm not saying you have to be funny, but you have to find or interpret something as, as funny or as in joyful. You know, it's very critical. It's a very uh, big quality to have is a sense of humor. And thankfully, I'm one of the funniest guys in the planet. And I used to say to people, if I had to do stand-up comedy, I would starve. You know, because for me, you know, my humor comes from the situational humor or, you know, the... Uh, wittiness of an event or specific circumstance where you're not expected to be funny, you know, but when I'm looking out at 12,000 people and they're expected to laugh, you know, that can be, um, daunting to say the least, you know, speaking in front of 12,000 people is, is, uh, challenging and daunting enough. But to try to make them laugh, that's huge, you know. So anyhow, that, there's a lot of twists to, to a lot of things here, you know. You folks, I'm sure, have heard this many times. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And we can kind of break that down. It begins with one mile. Because more than likely we're gonna we're gonna take the car to drive those thousand miles, you know, and we jump into the car and it's either one mile at a time or one exit at a time, and and that's how we chew things off and we make things happen. Uh, and and dieting that's why that's such a I don't want to say racket but such a, a dilemma because people. Um, go on a diet and they uh, 
alleviate, or excuse me, they, let's say alleviate, they want to, I guess they, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they, um, neglect, deprive themselves, I guess, cheapest creepers. How am I making out here? It took me 20 seconds to come up with that. But they deprive themselves of food that they shouldn't eat, right? And they start the diet on Monday, you know, and now here it is on Wednesday. And, you know, they don't see any results. Well, Christ, it's only been two days. But, you know, they keep doing it. And after a couple weeks, they've only lost maybe a pound or two. They throw in the towel. Why, why go at it? Same with gym memberships. They're exercising every single day. They don't see the poundage flying off even after six months. Well, you know, I mean, maybe there's something being done wrong. You know, that, you, you have to look at it that way uh, as well. So, you know, find the answers before you ask the question. You know, when you go on that journey of a thousand miles, don't ask for directions 20 miles into the trip. Know where you're going before it starts. You know, we're no longer able to change a situation. We're challenged to change ourselves at every moment in life. And that's the honest to God truth is we have not so much a situation, but an opportunity that we have to recognize. And if we can change ourselves, we can change anything. You know, and, and Jim Rohn uh, says that best, and I forget how he says it, but I'll, I'll certainly uh, quote the late, great Jim Rohn on that for sure. So let me get to a story I want to share with you all. And it's the Prince and the Giant. And one day, a prince was walking in a forest. And the prince was very brave, but came into a confrontation with a giant. And the giant claimed... He'll eat the prince, and they began to fight. Well, the giant soon was amazed by the strength and passion of the prince, as well as his courage. The giant asked the prince why he wasn't afraid of him. And the prince candidly replied that he had a rhombus weapon in his stomach. And it will bite you if you bite me. Bite in a certain sense as attack. And he's like, if I die, so do you. So that's why I'm not afraid of you. And hearing these words, the giant departed. Didn't want any part of it. Didn't want to be bothered. 
Well, the prince's stomach had nothing in it but butterflies. You know, he made up the whole story, hoping to save his life. And it worked. And the simple moral of this story is the, the presence of mind is the best weapon to protect yourself. You know, it's not so much carrying a pistol or being uh, very strong. Having a strong mind and a good wit at times may get you to where you want to be. can also get you in some hot water sometimes. Uh, I'm just speaking from experience. But I thought that was a good story uh, to share and relatively, you know, simple and concise. And lastly, love is better than anger. Hope is better than fear. Optimism is better than despair. So let us be loving, hopeful, and optimistic. And we'll change the world. But you look at that quote and you say, yes, love is better than anger. I can do, I can do that. Hope is better than fear. Yeah, I can do that. Optimism is better than despair. Sure, I can do that. But you need to do it more than once. You need to do it continually. And that's where we get into the diet aspect, you know. i got to lose 50 pounds. I've lost a half a pound in one week. That's it. Forget this diet. We have to remember to do it every single day. And again, you can start it from a standpoint of just don't have a frozen ice cream at night or at all. And just eat fruit or whatever you normally eat and, you know, uh, a graham cracker or whatever have you. But eliminate one thing and work yourself into it. I talked to a guy that lost 120 pounds. I said, my goodness, you look great. And, and I felt guilty because, you know, I think a year and a half before that, I busted his chops and commented about his, his weight. And I was bartending, so, you know, the whole barroom heard it. And, you know, he was noticeably upset and took off and left. And I, I did feel bad, and I, I still I apologized to him. But when I saw him, I said, was that attributed to me, this, this motivation? He's like, oh, partly, you know. He's like, but I didn't start the diet uh, until a year. I said, what do you mean? He's like, well, I, I started the diet, but I didn't change my diet uh, until a year. I ate what I was normally eating, doing everything I was normally doing, and I wasn't losing weight, wasn't gaining weight, but I was learning. And I was figuring out what I needed uh, to eat and what I needed not to eat. So the second year was relatively simple. 
I had a schedule, knew what I needed to eat, what I didn't need to eat, and that's what I stuck to. Yeah, it was difficult going to a a bar or whatever have you and people getting greasy burgers and I'm ordering a salad. But your why has to be more important than your now. I said, yeah, point well taken. So, you know, things can be accomplished if we just work within that six-foot circle that I mentioned about as far as golfing. And we'll get there together. Some more quickly than others, but that's fine. That's life. I'm checking out. Hopefully, I will check in tomorrow, Lord willing. In the meantime, be well, stay well, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.